You're listening to 66.6 FM Radio TOVH The Flush There's an advertisement for Anvil, the story of Anvil in theaters nationwide September 27th Why? I don't know Is there like a I mean, I know that it kind of had a cultural moment, but I don't think it had such a cultural moment that this is a uh, like a thing that people are demanding is like a, a a repertory screening. I don't know. Bonus footage. The ten years later, and they're still in the same spot they were. All the unanswered questions you had about Anvil revealed. I mean, I had questions about why they didn't interview any of the old members. Hmm. Um. Folks, this is the Toil to Fell radio show uh, that you're listening to. I am uh, I'm Joe Thrashenkill. Uh, it is also here, uh, the 365 Days of Horrors. We like to call him Jordan. Jordan, how are you? I'm doing okay. The weather is slowly changing to cooler, so that's nice. That's nice. Um, it's hot as fuck here again, and uh, I'm mad about it. Uh, I'm going to die mad about it probably in the heat. Um. We're we're midway through September now, and it shouldn't get up to ninety seven anymore. I think that that is against the rules. Maybe I think I think it's against the rules. Actually, it's a bit hot for September, but who knows? Maybe come January, it'll be uh, thirty five degrees, and some people will freeze to death again. Uh, it's almost a certainty here in uh, here in this state. Um, <clears throat> I went out to um, I went out last night. Uh, the, there's a a bar I like uh, that uh, were ha- they were having an anniversary party, and so in the parking lot they had the the sword playing, and uh, you know it's uh, it's it's Dallas and people are in in Dallas are, are want to do they put up all their on the all their finery so you got guys and like you know leather jackets and boots and shit like that and it's I'm just fucking sweating my ass off wearing shorts and a t-shirt in this parking lot I'm like how do you how do you people do this how how can you survive it's not worth looking cool to me sweaty leather and denim smell that that doesn't go away very easily no man our, our, like my general stank is already kind of hard to get rid of and I'm again I'm letting my my skin cool off as much as I can in the air <laughs> um but it made me think, like, I, I realized I was watching the sword there in that parking lot. I realized the first time I saw the sword was when I was maybe, maybe like 17 years old in high school. I saw them play a show in Dallas. And I was realizing, like, probably a lot of people at this show were at that show, you know, almost 20 years ago now. And just watching the people around me and how we've all aged and reacted to the phenomenon of aging and it's really put me in a, in a weird place uh with my oncoming uh, i guess middle agery <laughs> you know you got some people that are just like they're they're fine with it like let's go ahead and age and other people that are just fighting against the inevitable turning of the tides uh, where, where do you think you are in this spectrum uh slowly awaiting death okay so you're fully embracing uh aging you would say I don't know about embracing. I think accepting. You know, I've I've gone through all the stages, and like literally, there's nothing I can do. It's like there's nothing I can do to like be taller. Like, yeah, you can wear clowny giant boots, or I don't know, roll some socks up, or wear lifts or something. But you're still short. It's just like, well, nothing I could do about it. I'm not gonna go to uh, some South American questionable surgery place and have them break my legs and extend them somehow. It's just like, well, I'm getting older. Time marches on. You could either accept it and be what you are or like get weird surgeries and get hair plugs and facelifts and things like that. And if that's what you want to do, okay. But it doesn't usually look good on most people that aren't celebrities. Yeah, I mean, I I guess that's kind of what I was seeing. Like you got guys who are like, all right, well, I'm just... I'm going to be a little bit shitty, and that's fine. I'm not as good as I once was, but, uh, you know, I'm all right with it. And other folks that are just, you know, they're they're peacocking into middle age. <laughs> they're doing the Mr. E thing. They got to, there was one guy that was wearing a full white, like, suit with white patent leather shoes and shit like that. I'm just like, man, you, uh, you're, you're doing too much. You're doing too much here, and you need to chill out. That's something I don't think we've ever talked about on this show. Guys, and it's almost always guys, going to shows like full-on dressed up to get lots of attention whether it's that white suit person you're talking about or in new jersey growing up 
there was someone who would always wear a Winnie the Pooh costume at metal shows. Oh yeah, I mean, we, you, depending on the show that you got, yeah, you got guys that wear like the banana costume or whatever, and that's that's something that I think has been omnipresent uh, as I've you know as I became an adult. There was always someone around a guy, always a guy who just needed attention more than anybody else, and was you know wanting to wear goofy costumes out uh, to the bar or to the show. I never understood it. Never wanted to talk to that person to find out what their deal was. Uh, have you Have you ever gotten a conversation with one of these guys? Mm, I don't think so. I try to stay away from those people, uh, especially when it's like a costume that they wear at shows. Because, like I said, they don't wash those. No, no, of course and they not. smell really bad. Uh, I remember there was someone uh, growing up who used to wear like a full cane outfit, the wrestler cane with the mask and the the red whatever unitard, leotard, you want to call it, and long hair and that that was his thing. He was that guy. You know, I kind of get it if you're like, if, if you want to wear a Halloween costume to see a band like around, like in the immediate days around Halloween, I think that's totally good and fine and absolutely appropriate. But like, you, you know, if you're doing this shit in August, it's like, okay, well, what what need do you have that you're not getting? <laughs> what's What's going on here deep in the psyche? I guess you weren't that's hugged as a child. Yeah, I mean that's that, I don't want to. I want to say it all goes back to like childhood issues, but surely it all goes back to childhood issues here. Uh, anyway, the, the sword was tight. Uh, made me think like, oh yeah, I haven't really thought about those guys in a while. But uh, when I was uh, when I was in high school, man, I listened to that band a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked their first album, and then they kind of faded away. Uh, it's kind of funny how that happens. Some bands get the big hype, and then just time marches on. It's like, you didn't change, really? Like, they still sound like who they sound like? Just, I don't know. I guess at the time, it was something new and different, and then you don't like it or doesn't reach out to you all the time, then you're just kind of there and opening for clutch a lot of the time. I mean, uh, I guess the thing with the sword is that they went more in a rock and roll direction with subsequent albums, um, you know, which uh, is fine. Uh, I, I like a like what is it warp riders i think that's a good record uh it's just not the same as the, that first one uh but they were all like super super young when they popped off and i think the story was that uh lars from metallica uh found them and like one of them opening up for a metallica tour uh back in the early 2000s so that really uh, for, for these guys who were just barely out of their teens like really put them on the map that way and of course it's then, the lars it's the lars kiss of death kind of yeah they peaked way too early and just haven't gone anywhere since. It's just like like when Metallica said, oh, we're really listening to a lot of Meshuga and then put out St. Anger. Oh, man. I <laughs> I think I missed that line. <laughs> just a damning compliment. That's <laughs> um, one of those things like uh, my, my friend uh, that I went to the show with, like he's, he's co-workers with uh, the lead guitarist on the sword. You know, they've been friends for years or whatever. So he, he like, you know, works a, a regular job when he's not uh, on, on the road with the sword. But like, apparently when he is on the road, like, you know, it's enough to pay the bills, which is pretty fucking tough to come by. So I would say, again, that might be one of those things where you, you did enough uh, before everything fell apart that you can kind of, uh, make some kind of living with your music, uh, even though you might, you know you know might not be a full time musician. And you didn't blow all your money on like an ostrich skin suit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you knew that those um, what is it, Guitar Hero two uh, checks weren't going to come in perpetuity. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, fun stuff to think about the uh, the process of aging. <sighs> How have you been, Jordan? How? I, been talking about myself over here, talking about my fears of the future and of, of looking older. Uh, I haven't even asked you. How, how are you doing? I'm fine. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Nothing going on with you? Not really. Just more of the same, more of the slowly marching to death, slowly waking up, going to work, coming back, and, you know, waiting to go back to work the next day. That's about it. Nothing fancy. Nothing like you got planned for the future you're excited about? Nah. You gotta add something to your calendar. You gotta, you gotta embrace uh, the things that you can while you can. I don't know. I, I have my Netflix. I have bad food. That seems to be enough. I have the Giants having a better record than the Cowboys for one week. Oh, 
Boy. No, uh, it's, what's funny about that is it's likely to continue for, for the rest of the season. Uh, the Giants will probably have a better record by the end of this than the Cowboys. So are the Cowboys just using whoever their backup was, or are they actually going to sign someone else? Yeah, they're using Cooper Rush, the backup quarterback. Uh, he played one full game last season and won. And uh, I got to tell you, uh, I was uh, watching that game in Achilles, and we were losing it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I kind of hope that this sometimes happens with football is a no-name quarterback will have like one or two really good games, and all the fan base just gets behind them. They make t-shirts, you start seeing schlubby guys in their 50s wearing his jersey, and then they fall apart and you never hear about them again. So th- that one game that he got to play, I think part of what made it so you know great was number one he did he did really well like he won a game that nobody thought they would win, and number two like uh, the quarterback's dad was in the stands just like losing his fucking mind and everyone's like yes we love this dad we love this backup quarterback this we embrace this man. <laughs> Until you lose to, like, the Lions or something like that, and then you run him out of town. Right. I mean, the, the the fortunate thing is, like, he never got the opportunity to lose a game. He he started 1-1-1, one, 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 you know, perfect. That's, that's full Kira shit. You never have to prove it again. But here we are now where he's going to have to start. Well, right now, depending on how poorly he does, he's going to have to start at least four games. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes, man. See how long before you panic and sign Andy Dalton again. No, don't put that on me, man. <laughs> Doing everything they can not to sign Colin Kaepernick or Cam Newton. Um, yeah, even though that. Well, I think uh, Cam Newton. The last time he actually played, his uh, he had a quarterback ranking of like twelve. <laughs> he he might not ever get a chance again. Uh, but it would be a cold day in hell before Jerry ever signed Colin Kaepernick because uh, he's racist. <clears throat> um. But we don't have to do that. We don't have to talk about the football right now. I know people hate that. Uh, okay, let's go ahead and talk about the big story of the week. Can we do that? There are two big stories. Well, which one is the big story to you? Which one Which one would you force rank higher? Uh, I mean, there's funniest and then there's good. Okay. So it depends on how you feel. No, let's start off with the good news. Let's start off with the okay. good news. Then we'll do the LARF. So the good news, uh, depending on how you feel about it, is that the Black Dahlia murder are coming back. Now that that seems like potentially very good news. Could you, could you tell me a little bit more about this this scenario? So as we know, uh, a couple months ago, and we had a show on this, uh, Trevor Sternad passed away. And there was a lot of questions about, well, what's going to happen with the band now? And as we've talked about on previous shows, there's uh, a lot of bands tend to have the guy or the woman, just like the one main person who it's kind of hard to see a band without that person. Uh, you know, what's Merciful Fate without King Diamond, for example? Bunch of schlubs, I tell you. And uh, that question kind of surrounded, like, what is this band going to do now? Because they put out an album not that long ago. They've been on Metal Blade forever, constantly touring. And what do you do without that person? And an article popped up, a lengthy article popped up in Decibel, seemingly out of the blue. It, it tends with this news. Sometimes you hear drips and drabs, whether it's like, oh, this show is booked. Huh, that's interesting. Or, you know, maybe some music leaks or, or things like that. People are talking about stuff and it's not always a surprise. But the surprise is that the band is coming back. And uh, I have a little bit of the story. And this is by decibel you can read the whole thing but it states that here's the bottom line the black dahlia murder will continue as a working band guitarist and co-founder brian eschbach i hope i pronounced that right close enough will, i could really eschbach there you go will move to vocalist and be replacing guitar by ryan knight who left the band amicably in 2016 guitarist brandon ellis drummer alan cassidy and bassist max lavelle will keep their spots all the band members say that Eschbach, Eschbach's move is the only way forward. Eschbach has been with the band since the beginning in Oak Park, Michigan in 2001 and honed the group's identity. Inserting an outsider as frontman would never work because of the band's close-knit, almost familial ethic. We spent many days thinking things like, is this over, Eschbach tells Decibel. None of us wanted it to be over. We still feel like there is a lot left to do. I know Trevor would keep this band going if I went down a deep, dark path and weren't here. It's bigger than us. When we finally started talking about it, we thought, let's remake it from within and see if Ryan wants to return. 
and I'll take a crack on the vocals and see how it goes. I can't go out there and do Trevor's voice or try to be like him. I can only execute the music of the Black Dahlia Murder with respect and try to do it with the most justice I can. I've heard Trevor perform more than anyone else alive. And then Ryan Knight talks about the decision to return was easy despite the circumstances. He says, The time I spent with this band is the best time I've ever had. Being away has given me a lot of time to reflect, and it always occurred to me that being in BDM is the best use of my time. I've thought a lot about the band while I was away and realized how much value this band has. I almost feel like I left some opportunities slip being away from the band, so it feels great to be back and like everything has come full circle. I realized how much I love being in this band. I mean, out of all the possible scenarios that could have happened here, this one seems like the best possible, right? Like everything kind of makes sense here having having a founding member you know, step up, take over it, and bring a fan favorite guitarist back uh, to to take over those duties while he does vocals. Yeah, I think that's very respectful to the band and to Trevor, to you keeping it in-house. You're not bringing in just some random person, or you're not bringing in someone from another band who you know is going to have commitments to do other things, and it's not going to be able to really be a full-time band that always has that replacement feel to it where – you know, you're going to get one tour and then they're going to disappear for a year because they're off doing another thing. So, I mean, as far as any sort of replacement thing goes, it's probably one of the best decisions they could make. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, Ryan Knight, like, um, this is this is probably the best thing for him to come back to. Like, um, he'd, he'd done a number of things over the last six six or so years since he left the band, like, including putting out, like, a pretty pretty outstanding uh like a guitar country record uh but i mean this is the thing that like this is the thing that's definitely going to be most lucrative at his time as well yeah it's i've seen people who are like really excited about this and happy about it i have this just kind of weird i know like grieving and grief is different for everyone and acceptance and things like that um, I mean, the band thinks it's the best to do this now, and they're having a tribute show relatively soon. For me, it feels almost like, and I can only talk about you know my own personal experiences, like when a parent passes away and then the other parent starts dating, like when is the right time? Mm-hmm. And also the feeling of like, well, you want that person to be happy. You want them to succeed. You want all the best things for them, but you still kind of feel that weirdness Sure. You know, that's like it's never going to go away because of your in your mind and for you those people are so linked that just seeing someone else around is just kind of like that weird awkwardness that you eventually get used to just cuz that's life and time you know heals all wounds and you know just makes things more comfortable but for me we're still in that weirdness of Yes, it's good they're doing this. It's good for the fans. Like these are all good things. It just doesn't quite feel for me right at this moment. Like down the line, I'm sure it will, but it's still in that weird phase. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just I understand what you're saying here, and um, I think it's probably going to feel that way for a while. But um, I think that it's better to have. You know, the Black Dolly Murder as like an active uh, band than it is to not have them as an active band. Uh, just you know, this <clears throat> the uh, general structure of the uh, the greater metal scene and business is held together by fucking uh, used chewing gum. <laughs> this is this is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It just for me, I need to get used to it, and uh, you know, I'm sure they're having a tribute show for Trevor. I'm sure that'll be sold out. I'm sure people love that. The band, when they go on tour the first time, people will be psyched for that. We'll see what happens once we get two or three years down the road. If they put out new music, what the response is. And once they start touring more regularly, what the response is as well. That's kind of like the real test of how viable this thing is and if people still want to go see it. Um, It's, you know... Entirely different band or whatever, but it does make me think a little bit about uh, Guar and that, you know, Dave Brockie's been gone for shit almost ten years now. I guess uh, the band has been has been working ever since, 
and uh, you know it's it's never going to be the same uh, as it was with Brocky around. But I mean, they are making a go of it, and they are you know they're they're still working their asses off. Still, yeah, they're still they're, they're still doing their thing, and they put out an album this year that I did a quick review for, and it's like it's fun, but it's it's not Dave Brocky. You know what I mean? And I think the difference is obviously with Bar, it's it's an experience. Sure. It's a whole show where it's, you know, Black Dying Murder is a band. Um, so we'll see how much or if that makes any sort of difference. And weirdly enough, they're both on Metal Blade. Metal Blade. It's the place where metal bands are. You're welcome. That's a that's a tagline for you, Metal Blade. I can't wait to see it on a shirt with a new logo. <laughs> <laughs> um well, I don't know, man. Um, if uh, if you know they're they're coming through uh, on tour in your neighborhood, are you gonna go see it? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll see who else they're playing with as part of it, and all the other little factors that make me decide if I want to go to a show or not. Um, I don't know. I can't say one way or the other. Uh, well, yeah. Again, uh, tough to say. Uh, things are busy at the moment for me as well, just because I'm middle aged now. Uh, but yeah, uh, if, if I'm free, sure, I would go see it. <laughs> it's like I'm saying, like, go see it if you want to see it. Go see it to support all that stuff. Just again, for me, it's like, well, maybe. I don't know. Um, well, I don't know. I, I, I'm curious to see, it, like, especially um, if they're going to start, like, um, you know, writing new music. If they if the plan is to, like, put together, um, you know, I'm sure that they've got plenty of... Uh, unreleased unworked material that they've got to uh to put together if they're gonna go ahead and put something out and tour behind that soon i would i think it would make sense just to keep it going um what do you think yeah keep it going and i don't know see if he'd use some funds to donate to his family or any sort of uh hotlines or uh, charities things like that i think that'd be really good maybe start something uh, some sort of charity or foundation in his name, similar to like what Power Trip has done with Riley. I think that would that would be a really good thing to do. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm still waiting to see what um, the remaining members of Power Trip are gonna do. They they said that you know we're gonna we're gonna t- continue the rest of us guys, but uh, uh, they, and they tease that they were gonna release something, but I, I still haven't heard a thing. Well, they have a side band now, don't they, with someone else? It's uh, Blake Ibanez, like, uh, put together uh, a side project, but, uh, I mean, I, ha- I haven't heard anything about, like, the what's, what's coming from the remaining Power Trip guys. I guess time will tell. Um, hurry it up. I want to know. Give me. Give me, give me, give me. Give me, give me, give me. Um, moving on here a little bit. Can we talk about maybe one of the funniest things to happen in metal in, God, years? Man, Vector really had a day. Not a week, not a month. They had one day of being in the news again. Um, I want to I go ahead and backtrack on that statement that I made about the funniest thing to happen in metal in years. Um, that's not true. I think the funniest thing was actually Tim Lambesis uh, falling into a fire when he was drunk. <laughs> Burning his dick. Yeah, when he burned his dick, uh, falling into a fire because he was playing with gasoline. Uh, that's that's probably the funniest thing in my book. What, what do you think the funniest thing uh, for you was? Oh, man, that's up there. I'd really have to think about it. And then him getting like married on the beach with the extremely muscular guy <laughs> that you like. <laughs> that, yeah, that one. That one's up there. Also, like uh, his lawyer. Uh, writing a letter to the the judge saying that he had developed gynecomastia in prison. Like, three of the top three funniest things that happened in metal in the last couple of years all happened from Tim Lambesis. <laughs> um, so that's tough. Okay, so if we exclude Tim Lambesis from the conversation of funniest things, what do you got? Uh, uh, Tommy Vex completely blowing his golden goose and getting kicked out of Bad Wolves and has been ripping off MAGA people, getting them to donate to GoFundMes to put out the same exact music that he's been doing, but making a lot less money doing it. Yeah, he really did fuck that one up pretty bad, didn't he? Like, uh, you know, there, there's only so much, um, you know, bandwidth uh, in money behind uh, rock and roll bands now, and you were in, like, one one of one that was getting a push, and you, you fucked it up to do small-scale, like, hustles 
And uh, Psycho Sinner putting out nine albums and no one caring. <sighs> that was such a weird one. Such a such a bizarre thing to do. Um, well, let's we'll let the listeners decide how how this uh, ranks uh, in your own personal canon of funniest things to happen uh, recently in metal. Uh, bring it back to us, Vector. What's going on? So, longtime listeners, longtime internet metal news readers uh, would know that Vector, a at one time popular tech thrash band, uh, essentially ceased to be after news and video came out of the main man David DeSanto abusing his wife on video. There's video of it; it exists, and then just kind of. His wife had like wrote a very, very long statement explaining all these things and him just kind of blowing it off. Eventually, the rest of the band, and I say eventually, this wasn't right away, the rest of the band quit only for like one of the members to come back, slither back on, <laughs> and they like put out a little bit of music or like announced they were going to, and like nothing had really happened until this week when out of nowhere, Century media of all labels had said and this is gone this was on their facebook and we'll talk about that in a minute and they put out a statement we are extremely pleased to announce that vector has signed with centria media records exclamation point they have long been on our radar and we couldn't be happier for this new partnership recording of our fourth studio album has commenced and we have set the bar very high for ourselves once again we are eager to begin the next phase of our global takeover with such a legendary record label. On the heels of this amazing news, we cannot wait to begin our European tour this fall after a nearly six-year hiatus. See you out here, Vectonauts. Vectonauts. Oh. Vectonauts. Pretty good. Pretty cool. Pretty I mean, cool. why wouldn't you go with, like, Victorians? Uh, call them Vickies. <laughs> V-cards. Um, so that's a pretty confident statement he put out there. Uh, surely nothing would ever befall that. <laughs> well, once you put stuff on social media, people responded in devastating fashion. A lot of them friends of ours. I recognize their names in the comment section. I, I logged in. To, I, again, I fucking stuck the wires together to hotwire my way back into Facebook because it's difficult to do with my stupid phone uh, just to see exactly what everybody was saying. And again, all the top replies are all my homies. <laughs> people who have written for Toilet of Hell, people who have been on this podcast, seeing them just tear Vector and Century Media no one, just getting all the likes, all the laughy emojis, just... I don't think I've seen such devastating response for a record label. Like, I can't remember one there. It was just a deluge, a torrent, a waterfall of just, what the fuck are you doing? Fuck this band. Fuck off Century Media. Back in the, the early days of the Toilet of Hell, we used to call a pylon like that a coal roll. <laughs> They're just smoke blowing throughout the Century Media offices. Yes. Uh, those, uh, those libs have been owned. Um, <clears throat> did you did you happen to save any of the uh, the responses there? So there's a couple. Uh, the PRP wrote about the signing, and uh, they blurred out the name. So bullshit, cowardly. So unfortunately, we can't uh, give backpats to some of our friends. But uh, yeah, I mean, let's see here. Real disappointed from you, Sentry. We have that morals clause handy. So a band fronted by a domestic abuser somehow fails upward while other unsigned independent artists who are not domestic abusers and could be really and could really use the visibility are somehow not as marketable. Shame on you, Century Media. Wow, this is the worst move you've ever made. Congrats you signed the most notorious abuser on the scene. Yeah, you guys signed Vector mere weeks after the whole neurosis thing went down. Way to go. Also <laughs> imagine being another artist signed to Century Media right now. That's gotta hurt. And just as an aside, I saw um Nate? Uh, yeah, so Nate from Spirit of Drift comment about how they did this, disliked it. And I saw Imperial Triumphant had liked uh, a news story about them getting kicked off of Century Media. <laughs> and those are the only ones I could say. Like, uh, stuff had started to be limited, and, you know, social media doesn't show who likes everything. So, uh, you know, this is Century Media also has bands like Venom Prison. 
who were pretty outspoken about this sort of thing. Yeah. You <laughs> were napalm death. So. Uh, that's so fucking funny, dude. <laughs> like, just the confidence to go ahead and, you know, announce to the world, like, hey, everybody, great news. You're all going to be very excited about this. And everyone reacting, no, fuck you, actually. I love it. I, I, I love to see things like that. I don't understand how this happens from a just a business standpoint vector were not like that popular and not like a money-making band you know i can understand i obviously don't agree with i can understand why a label would try to snatch up a phil anselmo side band because there's still some juice there there's pantera fans and down fans that will still buy things that he does so like while i don't want to listen to any of it and i don't want to see it i understand that business move i don't understand this business move like people aren't gonna know that are unhappy about this or people are gonna like blow it off and some did people in our comment section when i posted funny memes about this sort of thing there's always a couple that slither on by and be like well what's the big deal that's this is just cancel culture for you yes and it is and i'm winning (laughs) (laughs) but it's just like you're not going to be making a lot of money off it, so that can't be it. And you know there's a lot of bad press surrounding this band, and they don't have uh, enough of a fan base to like overwhelm it. It's not like even an As I Lay Dying situation. Yeah, the this the it's As I Lay Dying is an exponentially bigger band, and had been been around longer. Yeah, and were as far as metal goes, fairly mainstream. Like people grew up listening to As I Lay Dying, so they had kind of that goodwill from people who like don't pay attention to the news or just want to hear their couple of songs they grew up with where they could like do a comeback and play sold out shows whereas vector is solely an internet metal nerd band like if you are on the internet specifically to talk about heavy metal that's a band that you might you used to like maybe (laughs) yeah if you're deeply entrenched in just metal culture and things like that you'll You'll most likely know them. But in the past, before all this, we covered them uh, favorably. I think there's an interview with David DeSanto on our website from a long time ago. I'm pretty but, sure that, like, uh, I think they won, like, the Reader's Choice for Best Record in, I want to say, 2015 or so. Uh, and it's just like, okay, yeah, uh, that there you go. Your audience is the extremely online nerds of, say, The Toilet of Hell. So... If you're going to win and piss all your goodwill away by, you know, say, uh, beating your wife on camera, and that's covered by uh, all the internet metal presses, and the internet, internet metal nerds know about it, and they don't like it, well, you're, you're up shit creek, and you got a turd for a pedal. And, like, if you're thinking about it, like, why they decided, Century Media decided to do this, it's like, one, it was someone at the top. Who was just like you know information and uh, news? Be damned! I'm gonna sign this band because I like them. Or it went up the ladder and went through multiple people: A and R, advertising, all the people involved with a record label, and they all signed off on it. And either one is bad. I think that it's possible. That a few people talked about this and they were like, yeah, we'll probably get some pushback on this. But think about it this way. We can give uh, Vector an extremely shitty deal. <laughs> like we'll come out on top of it and we'll basically reap whatever whatever they get. And uh, they'll be happy that anybody's taken a flyer on them. So we kind of win win as long as we can you know, weather that storm over a couple of days. You know, people will get over it. And apparently uh, apparently it was more than they bargained for. Instead of win win, it was loss loss as one day later, in a very short statement, I think it was on like Instagram. Uh, it might have been on Facebook. I don't even know if it's there anymore. They're like, uh, yeah, they're actually not on the label anymore. Bye. Oops. <laughs> the PTA is disbanded. Uh, I really like that you used uh, Fallout memes for both of those uh, announcements, by the way. <laughs> it's just it, it was the easiest, simplest, most straight to the point. Uh, way you can describe something like this. Everyone disliked that. Everyone liked that. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody likes Fallout, too. There you go. Yeah, I enjoyed Fallout. Uh, yeah. It, just all they said, effective immediately, Century Media has decided to part ways with Vector. Uh, it, you don't have all the... 
you don't have an explanation. You don't have anything else to say. Uh, nothing, nothing more you want to add on to that one, champ? <laughs> nope. They want to sweep this under the rug as soon as possible. That's probably smart. Let's forget about this as soon as possible, I think. <laughs> I mean, they can anyway. I'll, I have a memory like a goddamn elephant for this shit. <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget this. <laughs> this this is all the the internet uh drama with metal bands is my 911. I don't forget any of it. <laughs> and if anything this makes it even harder now for some other metal label to sign them. Like I, I after seeing this response, I don't think a metal blade or a nuclear blast would ever consider dipping their toe in cuz then you start getting down to the well maybe season of mist might Maybe uh, whatever that label, Agonia Records, that signed Inquisition <laughs> and then like closed off all of their social media. Um, yeah, I was just thinking like uh, I imagine uh, them them asking Hell's Headbangers if they want to release uh, their record, and those guys being like, "All right, you guys talk like fags. I don't think so." <laughs> no spot on them for Werewolf Records. Oh yeah, sorry guys. Um, your your last name ends in a vowel. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I, uh, I was watching more J-Dog videos the other day. God, that guy's so fucking stupid. <laughs> uh, he, he don't like the artsy-fartsy uh, metal bands, by the way. <laughs> we got to do more J-Dog segments, by the way. I mean, he might be in the comments section of one of these Century Media posts. I'm just, I'm just saying, what proof do you have that he, he beat his wife? Uh, it's a cancel culture. Oh, you could fake videos. Yeah, you can fake videos. I've seen it. Um... Yeah, I think I think that's exciting. I I love uh, a good uh, stupid unnecessary uh, social media blow up. Like none of this had to happen in the first place, but it did, and we're all the richer for it. And for for the most part, the responses obviously are what we'd expect them to be. But of course, like I said, there were a few people who would pop up and be like, "Oh, too bad. I wanted to hear a new Victor," or "Oh, this is just cancel culture," or the dreaded "You have to separate art from the artist." And it's like. It's 2022. No, you don't. <laughs> I don't think it's possible. No riff, as we've said, no riff is too good. And t- t- come on, there's hundreds of other bands that sound like this. Why are you going to do this? Yeah, I mean, you're, well, I mean, it's obvious why you're doing this. Like To be an asshole. Yeah, I you're know. being an asshole. And that's fine. You know, you have the right. I do it every week on this show. Uh, but, you know. It's 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 a two way street. I get to, I get to make fun of you. You get to make fun of me. You know, it's it's an ecosystem, as it were. It's it's always the stupidest people that think they're being the smartest people when they say things like that. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's one of those fuckers that like uh, they think that uh, Voltaire said like uh, you know figure out who you're not allowed to criticize or whatever. Like it, that wasn't actually Voltaire. That was a, that was a Nazi dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these are the same people who would get one of those shitty industrial Hitler paintings put up on the wall and be like, well, I disagree with all the things you've done, but I appreciate the artwork. It's just like, well, I I think that your engagement with art and criticism is probably pretty limited and you probably spend too much time on Reddit. So I don't need to I don't need to know you. I don't need to you know, I don't need you to pop up online. I don't I don't want to. I don't want anything to do with you. We can just separate. That's okay. You've got your own forums. I got mine. <laughs> you don't have to like Toilet of Hell on Facebook and comment. That's I would, fine. I would prefer that you didn't, actually. If you could not. We, we'll I be don't, okay. We, it's been established that we, we do this out of some perverse need. It's not about the money and it's not about the clout. Because uh, we don't give a shit about things like uh, engagement or money or uh, doing anything that people actually care to read or listen to. <laughs> it's it's fine. We're happy with that. Just leave us alone. Ah, well, um, what do you think's next for Old Vector? you think they're going to self-release? I think... Hmm. I mean, you can either self-release or you'll find a tiny label that'll want to do it. I don't see the point in them even bothering with the label unless they have no money, which is entirely possible. Um, yeah, they'll they'll put some music out. They'll go on some tours and there'll some be some people there. But I think that ship has sailed and the smartest thing that they could do is to do nothing. Fade away, go away forever, or at least have the sense to change your name. Yeah, to at least to at least fool people into thinking it's a new band. Change your name to David Los Santos. Sector. <laughs> I think that was a Mortal Kombat robot. Cyrax. 
Smoke. <laughs> Noob Cybot. <laughs> Cabal. <laughs> Baraka. All right, we could uh, we'd probably keep doing that all day. Yeah, no, uh, the, the most obvious solution here is uh, Vector needs to self-release their own shit because, like, what do you need? Like, what do you need a label to do for you that you can't do on your own? Like, do you need to pay a studio? Are you some kind of sucker? Uh, do you need, do you need somebody to press too many CDs that won't sell? Like you can do that on your own. I promise you. Uh, and you know, they can just deal with like push whoever follows their accounts is on their mailing list. Like, yeah, that's fine. They'll either unsubscribe or they'll buy it. That's the most obvious solution here. You don't have to, you don't have to, you know, stank up another, another roster. So other bands have to take your shit. Anyway, that's free business advice. You're welcome. (laughs) Uh, well, what do you, what do you think? Um, should we move on from here? Yeah, we can move on from there. Those are the two biggest stories and one was good and one was just very funny. Uh, I love it. I'm a big fan. The mob actually rules in this case. It is kind of, it's rare that you see that though. It's, it's rare that you see, uh, social media, uh, a bunch of people we know, uh, yelling about something and then. And then things change. Uh, if, if, only the, if only the government worked that way, am I right, folks? Easy there, Dennis Miller. Um, yeah, it's good to see that like, there was a negative response to something, and the label did something about it. Obviously, like, don't pat them on the back. It was a pretty stupid decision to do this in the first place, but at least they had enough business sense to go, oh, this is actually bad and may hurt sales. We better get rid of this band as soon as possible. Next sense to me um all right is uh, now the time that we can use to maybe plug something plug away all right folks uh we are recording this show right now on september 18th you'll listen to it somewhere around september 21st do you know what that means the Halloween Spooktacular is coming up. The Halloween Spooktacular is coming up. Uh, later on today, we're going to record the first episode of it that will go live the first week of October. Uh, we got a pretty big guest there. Uh, should we tell the people who it is? Longtime readers will know who this is. Yeah, we got Andrew Lee of Rip to Shreds, uh, who's going to be joining us for an Indonesian horror movie called Impetigore. That is, I believe, an exclusive to Shudder. Or, you know, if you know how to fucking find movies on the internet, it is not exclusive to anywhere. Uh, I think that... um, I'm going to go ahead and recommend that people watch that movie now in preparation for our first episode with Andrew. Uh, I watched it just the other day, and I uh, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was very strong. Uh, What did you think? Uh, Not bad. I don't know if I think as strong as you do, but not bad. I'd say worth a watch. Well, there you have it, folks, the duality of man. Uh, so get ready. Uh, you know, listen, to, um, listen to Rip Your Shreds, uh, watch Impetigore, and join us back the first week of October, where we will have a, week's, uh, sorry, a month's worth of guests uh, from around the world of heavy metal and or horror uh, to talk about a variety of uh, heavy metal and, and horror. Uh, I think that'll be good. What do, you, what do you think? Is that going to be good? It's always good. I, genu- I genuinely enjoy uh, the Halloween 2 Spooktacular episodes uh, every year, even though they are objectively way more work for me. <laughs> way more work and more stressful than they should be. They're a lot of fun. And people can go back on the Toilet of Hell website and just listen to all the past years that we've done this. We've had all sorts of guests and watched all sorts of movies, and it's always a lot of fun. Yeah, um, you know, related to an earlier conversation we had, Trevor Sternhout was a guest uh, for a couple of these. We watched uh, we watched some really dank, disgusting movies. But yeah, we've seen we've seen. All right, what what was your favorite movie that you've seen uh, throughout the Halloween spectacular all the years that we've done it? I think it's got to be Frankenstein's Army that we watched with Ross Sewage a few years ago. I'm, I'm actually with you on that one. Uh, I, I was dreading watching that movie just because the name sounded so fucking stupid and it whips so hard. <laughs> it's such a good movie. And perhaps mentioning that movie and seeing it with Ross is a preview of what's to come over the next month. Maybe. Folks, you'll only know if you continue listening to this podcast. 
so there you go. We actually gave you a reason to listen to it. Love it. <sighs> Moving on. Um, you had told me a story about a guy that we have uh, discussed surprisingly often over the last, say, two years, uh, related to events of the last two years. Uh, what's what's going on? Uh, what's going on with Wino? It's been about a year since we've talked about him last. I think, um, if I can remember, the last time we talked about it, he killed someone he was on tour with. He with killed COVID. his friend. Yes, <laughs> killed his longtime friend Eric Wagner from the band Trouble. Uh, I believe he was in the Skull at the time, and both the Obsessed and the Skull were on tour. And Wino is uh, very outspoken in his conspiracy theories, his fear of uh, not just the government, but like government secret plans to control the population and starting to sound like uh, an X-Files episode. And he has been very outspoken on uh, not liking uh, getting shots, not liking getting vaccinations, and particularly with COVID. And sure enough, Eric Wagner got sick while on tour and passed away. Now, the vaccination in the United States is easily and widely available. You can go into any local CVS, Walgreens, Rite Aid, anything with a little Red Cross symbol on it. It's available. You can get it. Apparently... Uh, Wino has decided not to do that because the band was going to play in San Francisco and at this particular venue, well, it's not a national or state or even city requirement now that you have to still provide proof that you're vaccinated. This venue does. They still ask for that. And rather than, you know, getting a little ouchie in his arm a few times, Wino has not gotten vaccinated and therefore the band is not allowed to play at this show. I guess what's so crazy to me about this is that, like, in a lot of aspects, uh, you know, the COVID dead enders, like the people that didn't want to do any kind of effort whatsoever to prevent uh, a million people from dying, uh, they won. They got everything that they wanted. Uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, it seemed like if you just kept your your head down, you could have gotten, could have gotten away with everything except for this one remaining handout, like holdout venue that's still requiring any kind of, any kind of like record checking here. It's like, oh, uh, you, you encountered a, a small stumbling block now after all this time. <laughs> I'm surprised you're still alive, to be honest, after all this time. I am too. Um, Wino like said he, he did get sick from COVID. He's like not denying that it, it exists. Um, but he did get sick from it and apparently it sucked, but not enough to like, you know, do anything about it. <laughs> and that's Aaron Lewis too. I think he said he's gotten it three times and then he still plays at uh, shitty casinos in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And look at him. He's a uh, healthier looking than ever. <laughs> he looks like his body was just pulled from a river after five days. He looks like he's about midway through, uh, the, the girl in uh, fucking Willy Wonka that turns into a <laughs> blueberry. <laughs> <laughs> Violet Beauregard. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and Wino's looking corpse, more and more corpse-like every day. Um, but you know, uh, it's not holding back. Uh, it, it's so funny though. Like everybody, like COVID, those those two years did make everybody go fucking insane. Where everybody has their own their own take on like what this is and what they're willing to deal with. So why no saying like, uh, you know, I believe that COVID is real, uh, you know, and that you can get really sick from it, that that's not a government conspiracy or nothing. But I do believe that, you know, the Moderna, uh, vaccine is not a vaccine. It's a, it's a platform because that's what it says on the website. It's like, what, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> he did his research, Joe. Sure. I guess he went to a website and read a couple of paragraphs. That's all he needs to know. It's a it's a platform, and that's what don't don't they call like SUVs platforms nowadays? Like everything is a fucking plat. It's marketing speak. It's nothing. It's meaningless. And he couldn't even like come up with a fake vaccination card either. He believes in this so strongly, he would not spend the, uh, he would not print it off his own printer, or more likely, he wouldn't go to the library and print it for free. 
that uh, he says he can go to this venue. It's just that important to him that people know that he's not vaccinated. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things where, like, if you had a shitty, like, a really shitty fake card, I promise you nobody will look that closely. It's you, Again, you won. It's fine. Nobody cares. Everybody's checked out. <laughs> and the thing is, like, people are still dying from this. I think the last count was, like, 300 a week, 400 a week. Is that? Oh, okay. Yeah. It checks out. Like, I still get plenty of COVID patients at the hospital. And you know what? I, I get really annoyed every time because that means I got to wear fucking N95 all goddamn day. It means I can't drink water and shit. It's really annoying. Stop doing that. Stop getting COVID-19. <laughs> when it was in, like, the first year or two, I know there are stories of uh, whatever, COVID deniers, vaccine deniers who would then catch it and get very sick and go to the hospital. And nurses and doctors would talk to these people and they'd be like why didn't i get it is there can you give it to me now and then doctors would be like no we're intubating you now yeah do people who come to you who are experiencing that do they have that moment do they have that realization they're just like yep see you in uh, six weeks when this happens again uh, honestly dude most most of the th- shit that i'm dealing with is somebody who's gotten covid on top or like <sighs> as a as like a, a part and parcel of being incredibly fucking sick so like you're you're already in like bad shape. You really did not need this on top of it. Yeah, their their gallbladder is failing, and they decided to walk around without a mask and get vaccinated. Yeah, I mean it's it's also like shit. A lot of people that are vaccinated mm-hmm. still still get it, and yeah. like if you're you're in terrible condition, like shit. I I wish I could do more for you. <laughs> Uh, it, it's, it's overall just a pretty bad situation overall. And I mean, it's not the same thing as like mass death, like the first year of this, but at the same time, like this is not doing you any favors, uh, over your, your overall constitution. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I hate to see people intubated and, uh, I, I hate to be uh, in contact with them because uh, again, I don't want to have to wear my N95. <laughs> Maybe you could uh, put a little "Hi, my name is Joe" on it or something friendly. Oh yeah, that's that's nice. People like that. Just put on like the latest gruesome, brutal death metal album art on it. Oh, that's so gross. Um, no, the whole thing about like getting intubated though is like you've got to take uh, a couple of medications. One that paralyzes you, and one that you know kind of knocks you out so you don't remember anything. Mm-hmm. But I've heard horror stories about people that like you know give the, the they give the medication that paralyzes you, but not the one that knocks you out. So you're like living and fucking won by Metallica. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. S O S. Um, that's fine. Your local healthcare center is fine. Nobody's going to do that to you. Probably. (laughs) Yeah. It's like your walk-in clinic. You're fine. Yeah. You're fine. You're fine. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's pretty good. I, I was looking at the um, the story on Blabbermouth about Wino, and I think my favorite comment is uh, "Say hi to Eric Wagner while you're at it." <laughs> yeah, so, it's just like you know the response for all of this vector stuff. Like that should be the same level of response whenever Wino pops up. Is just how's Eric Wagner doing? How's your friend that you're never gonna see again? Just really, let's just do away with any kind of subtlety here and go right for the kill. <laughs> Eric Wagner is dead because of you. There you go. There you have it. I hope it's worth it to play in front of 20 people slowly nodding along to your boring ass doom metal. I don't know, man. If I, I, I extremely do not fuck with any of this music to begin with. So if you add this additional cultural signifier on top of it, this is poison to me. <laughs> um. Speaking of like uh, poison, um, hey, uh, you, uh, you you pointed out that uh, Dave Mustaine is doing another round of NFTs. Third time's a charm. <laughs> uh, it hasn't successfully worked the first couple of times. I can only assume what was it, Mega Death Coin, whatever it was Something called. Something like that. Yeah. Me- oh, Smega. That's what it was. The S- Smega, yes. That's right. Do- it was way worse than anything I could think of. Dollar sign Mega. If that still exists, I'm sure it's shit. Yeah, they're coming out with the uh, Vic Rattlehead version of whatever those, uh, what were they called? Yacht monkeys? Stupid Bo- apes? Board ape Board yacht apes, club yeah. thing. Yeah, they're doing that now, but with their stupid uh, mascot and... 
why. I mean, I know why. It's because it's passive income. Sure. It requires Dave Mustaine to do absolutely nothing, and it means he gets a a little extra money in his pocket. But at this point, do people aren't curious about this. You're not even going to dupe someone who's like, huh, maybe this is an investment for you. Everyone knows what this is now, and it is not popular. It is not even like – I think it was a crypto bros taking L's Twitter account. Even that has gone down in uh, just volume of people talking about it because it's it's faded away. It was a weird thing at a weird time. And it's like sea shanties, but you lose all your money because of it. I don't know if you saw this, dude. Last week, Starbucks like launched some kind of NFT blockchain horseshit. Hmm, like- maybe they should launch unions instead. Uh, I think that they they chose which direction they want to go. <laughs> no, like all of this shit, like the the ship has sailed. We all know that, of course. We all knew it was bullshit to begin with. But like, mm-hmm. you're still doing this, and I find it even more insulting. Like, because uh, I, I hoped, I had hoped, you know, at this point uh, that we could just, you know, pull up the big list of uh, bands and companies that got on that train and be like, see. See you fucking dickhead. We were right all along, but no, you're still doing it. So I, I can't. I can't even be like, I was right. You're, st- you're you're still doing it. You're not giving me the joy where I can just rub it in your face yet. No lessons have been learned for some people. None. Uh, so yeah, there was this mega coin. Uh, there was the NFT collection for uh, whatever uh, album that they were putting out uh, recently. I can't remember the name of the record. What was it called? Sick the dying. The dead. Yeah, they did some NFTs for that, and I guess those all must have performed incredibly well uh, to have rattleheads. I mean, or maybe Mustaine looked at Aussie's crypto bats and was like, "Give me Vic rattleheads." I demand the Vic rattleheads. Um, oh, that reminds me. I think the last time we talked about uh, Megadeth, uh, you mentioned uh, that uh, that that record, the sick, the dying, and the whatever. Uh, it was going to have a bonus track of. Uh, Police truck by uh, the Dead Kennedys. Yes, it is online now. Have you heard it? I have. What did you think? As we said at the time, what's the point? And still now, what's the point? Uh, I don't particularly think they added anything to it. Um, I don't want to listen to it ever again. It is a thing that exists. It like listening to it. I was like, I don't think like I. I know that over the years, he surely proved it with like Tornado of Souls and stuff that. Dave Mustaine was a pretty incredible guitarist, but hearing the original Police Truck side by side with the Megadeth cover, I'm like, I think East Bay Ray was a better guitarist than Dave Mustaine. <laughs> I don't think he's suited for that type of music, Dave Mustaine. It's kind of like what Kirk from Metallica can only solo. He yeah. can't. He can't really play anything else. I, I I think you're right on that. Like it just kind of showed, like, oh, you yeah, you can do this one thing, but you are. You are naked when it comes to anything else. Dave Mustaine can only play Dave Mustaine songs. Essentially. Um, so I, I think that that's, that's a pretty big misfire. Um, not on the level of doing a third round of NFTs, but uh, still pretty, pretty bad regardless. Just everything with Dave Mustaine. What's the point? I think this is my real fear of getting older is that I see, you know, the, the elder statesmen uh, within metal and I see how pathetic uh, it all is. And I just like, oh, yeah, I'm, it's only a matter of time before I'm just shitty and old and I suck and I do stupid things all the time. <laughs> I don't think we have like I say we as like normal people. I don't think we have the same like desperation hustle that goes on with a lot of these aging rockers where like they constantly have to be making money and they need like uh, supplemental income and things to keep going like we live within our means we don't have mansions and we don't need to fly back and forth from different countries and keeping the money train going it's like well we have our tv we have the sunday package to watch football we know where our next meal is coming from. That's fine. We can live in some sort of comfort and not desperately need to constantly be working. Yeah. I mean, uh, what you just described there, that sounds like 10 out of 10 living to me. <laughs> we don't need much. We're like cactuses. Like water us a little bit. If you need to like turn us around, get us some sunlight and we'll be fine. Yeah. Genuinely. Like 
I'm okay. <laughs> are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. That's why when you're just like, what are you up to? I'm like, nothing. And I'm okay with that. Like I, I have my shows, I have my bed, I have food. Like I'm okay. I don't need much. And I think some of these bands that have been on top since the '80s, they, the end is coming, and they don't know like how to relax. They don't know what to do to enjoy themselves. They don't really have many hobbies beyond like playing Karate Man for Dave Mustaine or riding on ATVs for Ozzy. So they just kind of sit around and just try to think of ways to keep things going and it's kind of sad i yeah i mean but again i'm kind of glad they do it otherwise what would we talk about on the show Oh yeah i mean it's great for us it's content it's filler uh so you know there there you have it there's gives and there's takes um jordan uh you and i i don't know if you knew this uh you and i we actually uh we do uh we do bonus shows from time to time did you know this we do I, I have heard. I have been there. Um, so it, it's come time to think about, uh, you know, if, you, if you're interested, you know, you can go to patreon.com slash Toilet of Hell or some kind of variation thereof. It's on Patreon, Toilet of Hell. Uh, we have bonus shows. Uh, we have monthly uh, playlists that I lovingly put together. Uh, there's a lot of them there. So you can explore a deep back catalog of bonus episodes. Uh, this one, though. Do you want to get ready for the Halloween Spooktacular, maybe just you and me? Yeah, I think we should. It is uh, When this comes out, it's going to be fall time just about, and all the decorations are starting to come up. The aisle in the market is just full of expensive candy that you have to wait until November 1st to get it on half price. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, even the TV shows are going around. They're starting to gear up for their Halloween specials. It's Tis the season. Tis the season, the best season of all, if you ask me. Uh, you and I actually haven't decided what we're going to do uh, for this, but do you want to maybe watch a movie for this one? Haven't we watched enough movies? Aren't we going to watch enough movies? We're going to watch a lot of movies, I suppose. Uh, we don't have to. I'm just, throw- I'm just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, we, we could watch a movie, maybe get dressed up, play some Halloween games where we like turn the lights off and you have to put your hand in the bowl of uh, peeled grapes and say that they're witch's eyes. Oh, yeah. No, I got When I was like a little kid and we did that and like uh, a fucking cold spaghetti it creeped me out, man. Fucking not that it was like a witch's hair or whatever. Just cold spaghetti is a gross thing to put your hand into. <laughs> Ew, carbonara. <laughs> Just a squishing of Alfredo sauce. Ew. Um, Italian horror. <laughs> Call that Dario Argento. <laughs> it's a giallo. Um. <laughs> um, so, uh, I don't know. Is there anything that you've been wanting to see? I have to take a look at what's available on the streaming stuff. Like Ever since the pandemic, I've been completely out of it when it comes to what movies are in theaters and what's happening and what people are excited about. Like, you know, yeah, I'll see people go nuts about the latest uh, Jordan Peele movie or things like that. But like overall, I don't know what's good and what's bad. I'll see things and give a shot and just be like, oh, that's right. People have bad opinions on things. I wasted an hour and a half. Yeah, like so. my my uh, the guys that I know that keep the closest watch on this are you know the boys that I hope you suffer like Nate and Kit, and those guys watch awful shit. <laughs> so it's like really throwing me off. Um, you know, I, I can't be sure if if they're recommending something that they say is good, if it's actually good, or if their brains are so warped by you know irony that it's it's, it's just going to be another hour and a half slog. It's like getting food reviews from a raccoon. <laughs> Precisely. Uh, so I, I think the most recent one I watched was uh, We Are All Going to the World's Fair. I saw a preview for that at the movie theater, and I saw uh, Kit talking it up, and I watched it, and boy, I hated it. <laughs> Just going to have to write on your hand do the op- or watch the opposite of whatever Kit says. Exactly, exactly. Uh, all right, well, let's figure it out. We'll put it out there online, uh, what people can watch along with us, and uh, we can we can do that then. It sounds like a good idea. Uh, All right. Anything else you want to add on before we get out of here and get ready for our interview with uh, Andrew Lee of Ripped to Shreds? No, I think we've covered it all. There's nothing else to cover this week. All right, folks. Enjoy the games. We'll see you next week. Bye.
You're listening to 66.6 FM, Radio TOVH, The Flush.